what's going on guys welcome back to the channel so today i have an interesting episode that i want to kind of walk through won't be long hopefully not um but it's just something that's been on my heart so if you are here maybe you're new consider subscribing if you haven't checked out our book we have a book called godly dating 101 where we're talking about the truth of god's word in regards to relationships that is something you need it is a resource that will help you your family your church check that out but as we get ready to go into this episode, my pastor said something that I thought was pretty interesting, right? So there's a type of woman that I believe you guys should not marry, you know, and obviously this can go inside, you know, go in line with the type of men you shouldn't marry as well. Um, so a lot of you ladies don't consider tuning out because there's a principle behind this more so than a gender behind this. Um, but when we think about the Bible... Um, we see that God has a funny way of doing things. And a lot of times there are principles that God shows us. Um, and sometimes we're just reading, so we're not necessarily paying attention to it. But there was something my pastor said a couple weeks back, and he was saying, don't date Job's wife. You know, and <laughs> a lot of you probably already know where I'm ahead, you know, going, where this topic is going to be going based off me saying that. But what I found interesting is the fact that, and obviously if you're new to the faith, you're new to studying the scriptures, you probably only know a little bit about this story, but go ahead and read just Job chapter one and chapter two. That's what I'm challenging you to, to do before the end of today or by the end of this week when you're listening to this episode. But there was a point in Job's life where he's absolutely living blameless, righteous. There's no sin in his life. There's no issues in his life. Um, and the devil knows he can't touch him because God is protecting him. Um, but despite that, God presents Job to the devil saying, hey, have you considered trying to attack this guy? He's living a godly life. Um, why don't you bother him? And the devil knows that God is protecting him, you know, but the devil is making it seem as though Job is only serving God because God is blessing him. Truth be told, a lot of us can be that way because when God removes blessings, a lot of times we remove our devotion. But that's not the point of today's episode. <laughs> I promise you that I want to transition this podcast from talking about just dating to talk about godly living in general, um, because there's only so much you can say about dating, but there's so much we need to do in order to grow as Christians. Um, but when it comes to relationships, we're just going to let the spirit flow. And however we bless people is how Safa and I are aiming to do with this platform. But we see that Job is living a godly life and God recommends to the devil, hey, how about you do whatever you say you're going to do, just don't take his life. And we're going to prove to you that Job is a man of God, a man of integrity. So we see that there's a day that comes and tragedy strikes in the life of Job. And then we see all of his animals and livestock are either being stolen, you know, servants being killed. And in the middle of him hearing this tragic news, he gets another report, um, not even getting a chance to grieve. But he hears now about all of his sheep and a shepherd experiencing a fire falling down from heaven. And the servant who came to tell Job those news was the only one to escape. Isn't that something? It seems as though you want to hear something positive and it's only negative news coming to you. <laughs> it's always somebody that's negative. Uh, but in the middle of receiving more negative news, now he gets a third messenger to pop up and tell him that, hey, all of your children were inside of a home eating and there was just some powerful wind, whether that's a tornado or hurricane or whatever it is that happens. Um, and it destroyed the house, you know, and it killed all of his children. So we see Job is living for God. And despite living for God, he's experiencing problem 
after problem after problem. And you would think this guy would say, well, living for God is pointless because I'm losing everything. Um, I knew a guy actually growing up in church, and I remember him saying he can't do this church thing because every time he gets serious about God, he loses someone down to his father, close friends, or some tragedy would happen in his life anytime he was trying to take God seriously. You know, and, and it was sad to see that because at the time, I, what do you say? How do you comfort that person? But while we, you know, in our immaturity, we allow our hurts to define our walk with God. When we're not really mature in our walk with God, we allow our pain and all those things to define our faith. However, Job was not that type of person. In all of his losing money, his possessions, his children, Job won. Um, chapter 1, verse, I believe it's starting at 20. It said, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. His response was great, but the Bible never told us, you know, that that was an easy thing for him. You know, the Bible never made it clear that would be easy. So I don't want to say that you're immature in your faith just because you're grieving over the pain that you've experienced. But we see that Job had the great, the best response. However, in the middle of Job losing everything, the Bible never told us that Job lost his wife. So, in the middle of losing family, money, all the things that you could probably say Job valued and cared about, he left his wife. God said you could do whatever you want to Job, but you can't harm him. So God allowed the children to be attacked, the money to be attacked, his, his livelihood to be attacked, the things that he valued to be attacked. One could say God allowed the wife to be attacked, but yet the devil left the wife. And that was the part that, you know, pastor had mentioned in church. And I, I couldn't help but laugh because it's crazy how the enemy works. And I'm sorry for those who are watching on YouTube and realize I need a haircut. I promise I'm going soon. Um, but Job, Job is experiencing so much pain. And then yet his wife is still there. And you would think, at least I would think that by you having your wife there, you have your number one supporter. You know what I mean? You know that song, Ooh, I think I found myself my cheerleader or whatever the words are. Um, she's always right there when I need her. Job did not have a cheerleader in his side. One could say Job had a thorn in his side. Job did not have someone who, who cared about him. Um, he obviously cared about him, but didn't have someone who helped him in his time of distress. You know, so the devil decided, I'm going to attack everything you care about, but I'm going to leave her. And I believe he decided to leave Job's wife because he could use Job's wife against him. Guys, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Everyone hears about therapy, and a lot of times there's a lot of stigmas around it, but every person I've known that's taken the time to invest in this has never regretted it. You know, so if you're a person who feels as though you just need that urge or you just need it to hear someone tell you, I want to suggest BetterHelp to you. Therapy is known to be helpful in learning new coping skill and dealing with the things that maybe have been traumatic in your past, you know, and it also helps you to learn how to establish boundaries, which all of us need to learn how to do. So it's going to empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those of us who have 
been in the military, have been deployed. It can be for anyone. So if you're thinking about starting um, therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be completely convenient to you and very flexible. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com godly today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. Now back to the episode. Now, we can only insinuate the character of the woman. Um, we cannot say how she behaved prior, but the Bible never made it clear that his family, children, or anyone was living an upright, perfect, blameless life, but it made it clear that Job was. So we don't know how the wife was living, but we know how the character of a person is when they're experiencing problems. We know what's really inside your heart when you're when you're stressed out. We know what you really know what somebody's really thinking when they stubbed their toe. You know what I mean? We know you've been cussing at home if when you stub that toe, the first thing comes out of that <laughs> your mouth and start you start swearing. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously you probably ain't saying hallelujah when you bump your toe. But it's the fact that you know what comes out of a person when they're stressed. And now we see in Job chapter 2, the devil starts again, and this time he hits Job's body with a sickness. He allows him to have boils all over his body. And at this point, now Job's wife, you know, she doesn't decide she's going to pray. She doesn't decide, baby, we're going on a fast. She doesn't decide, hey, babe, you've been living for God so long. Don't worry. He's going to come through. He's always come through for us. No. The Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse 9, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? curse God and die. So we see I'm at my weakest moment. Speaking of Job, I'm at my lowest point. I'm probably confused. I'm probably experiencing frustration. I'm probably not sure where God is in the midst of all of these situations. And yet the person who should have had my back when I lost everything is telling me I should turn my back on God. This is what I want you to understand by listening to today's episode. It is imperative to monitor who you lend your ear to because who you marry will influence who you worship. The people speaking into your life will determine if you are feeling more encouraged to serve God or are, are they pulling you away from him? And I don't mean, you know, you shouldn't talk to people or have friends that they aren't speaking in tongues and texting you Bible verses. No, no, no. Because how do you witness to other people? But you should not be in physical um, dating, emotionally intimate connections with someone who is going to tell you it is perfectly fine to curse God when there are problems in your life. Because if they are telling you to do that, then that means they were never supporting your walk with God in the beginning. I need y'all to hear me. I need y'all to hear me. There is no reason why you should be dating someone if the moment sickness hits your body. They don't say, let's pray, but they say, let's turn away from God because clearly God isn't listening. Those are not the type of people you need in your circle. And I know I know he's handsome. I know she's gorgeous. I know they're the cutest thing and they send you all the nice texts. But if the moment you experience frustration, they're telling you, let's just curse God and get this over with. Just, just go ahead and die, bro. Just, just get, they're not speaking life into you, but they're speaking death over you. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue, are in the power of the tongue. So we have to understand that words carry weight, words carry power, words. The spirit behind what you're saying can either uplift someone or tear them down. And if you're dating someone who they'll tell you to turn away from God, then that is a problem. If you marry this type of person, it can probably ruin the future that God has for you. 
It can probably ruin the anointing God has on your life because, yes, the gift and calling of God are without repentance, the Bible says in Romans. However, if you're dating someone who's telling you, give up on your your the calling God has for you, then why do you think God sent them? Yeah, God may not tell you, I've no longer called you to preach, but if you're dating someone who tells you preaching is irrelevant, you don't need to do that. But but that's what God called you to do. But now you're dating someone who's not co-signing on what God has called you to do. And we see in Genesis, in Genesis it says that Eve was given as a helper. But the problem is a lot of times we're dating someone who's not helping us. You know what I mean? And it's very it's a very dangerous place you can find yourself if you're not allowing the spirit to guide you, but you're allowing your emotions to guide you. So when we see people like Job's wife, a lot of you may think, Joe, a lot of you may think maybe that was just a frustration speaking, but the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if this person is telling you in those seats, because you're going to have those moments after you're married, after you're in ministry, after you have kids, when all those things a lot of you are striving for, you're going to have moments in those seasons in life where you feel as though God has left me. Even Jesus felt forsaken. You're going to have those moments where you feel as though this makes no sense. Everyone is getting sick around me. I just lost my job. Why do I have cancer? And I've been in church serving forever. Why Why did I lose my job? And I even paid tithes. Why, why is everything crumbling on me? There are going to be moments when you experience that and you're going to need to be in a relationship with someone that'll say, we must still be faithful even when it doesn't make sense. We must still be willing to be consistent in our walk with God even when it feels like God has forgotten us. I believe it's Psalm 73, where Psalmist, I believe it's Asaph, and he's saying, my feet almost slipped until he went into the house of God and then he understood because the Bible says he was envious of the wicked. And if you ever been jealous of unsaved people, where it seems like you're the hardest, you're trying your hardest to work, you're trying your hardest to, to perform on the job and you got fired. And then the guy who's the atheist, the perverted, um, cursing all the time, the girl with OnlyFans, all of them are blowing up. But now you, with your modest self, with your, with your legs closed and you ain't sleep with a man in three years and you can't get someone to notice you, you can't sustain a job, your health is acting up, but you're looking at the person in sin and you're looking like, but they're thriving. And a lot of times that happens. He, the Bible made it clear in Psalm 73. You're going to have to read Psalm 73 um, when, you, when you get out of this. That's another assignment for y'all. I'm tired of y'all listening to the podcast and not applying stuff. So read Psalm 73. And he says he didn't have an understanding until he went to the house of God. In other words, it's when he got around a community of believers is when he really understood what God was saying. God is allowing them to grow and to thrive and all those things because God is merciful. But their end is coming. So now we see when Job is in his calamity, he was supposed to feel frustrated until he heard his wife's voice. But another, but the other way around, he probably had peace until he heard her. You know, and I need us to understand it's important to avoid that person with that critical spirit. Proverbs 19 and 13 says, A foolish child is a calamity to a father. A quarrelsome wife or an argumentative wife is as annoying as constant dripping. Now, bear in mind, like I said at the beginning of the episode, this is not necessarily gender specific. It's just the way the title is worded. And this can apply to both genders. But it says is you're literally listening to a constant dripping 
I wish I could figure out how to work my all the buttons on this new thing I ordered for our podcast because I would have played a constant dripping to annoy you and you wouldn't even have realized because you would have become numb to it. And that's what the enemy would do. <laughs> He'll send you a nagging spouse that you're you're so emotionally numb that you're willing to cheat. You're so emotionally numb that you're so emotionally disconnected. And that's what a nagging spouse is. It's a constant dripping. You can't stop it. The faucet is constantly leaking. The bathtub is constantly leaking. It's always a drip, a drip, a drip. And it's like, I turn the pipe off, but I keep hearing it. That's what it is. And Proverbs 21.9 says it like this. It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. So now imagine, especially you fellas, you work hard. Maybe you're in Wall Street. Maybe you're in tech. Maybe you're a ball player because I know a lot of sports players um, follow along with this channel as well. Maybe you're a pastor. Maybe you're you're an accountant. Maybe you're a janitor. Maybe you're only at Wendy's and you're working your way up the ladder. Wherever you find yourself, it says that you've gained enough money to you have a lovely home. However, Instead of being in that home, enjoying the beautiful home that you have, you'd rather be on the attic. Now, let me tell you something, guys. God blessed my family and I with a nice house last couple of years. We, we, have a, we have our first home. And at no point have I ever felt like being on the roof. At no point. I would rather be around my wife, annoying her or my children. But it's sad. When you have this argumentative, critical spirit wife, you would rather be on the corner of that attic than to be around her. Why? Because you know every time you're in the house, it's, a, it's, it's, some, it's something negative. You know that every time you guys have a conversation, it's an argument. You know every time you guys have a conversation. And a lot of you, you'll DM me and it's just like you're asking questions about some toxic relationship that you're constantly arguing over the same thing over and over. And I know some people that probably <laughs> could benefit from listening to this episode, but I'm not sending it to them. Um, I'm hoping the people listening would be kind enough to share this with their friends. Um, but there's so many people that you're dating someone and it's, it's better for you to be in solitary confinement away from everyone than it is to be with them. But you're so used to what's familiar that you're willing to settle for dysfunction. See, Job was already married, but you guys that are dating and you're realizing these patterns, you have to get out of it now. If they aren't willing to change, you need to end it. Um, but I can't just say that and not show you guys a couple of examples for the people that are dating, um, some signs to look for. And I know I said I wasn't going to make this episode long, so I'm going to get ready to wrap it up soon. But there are a couple of signs that I wrote down of an argumentative, um, of that, yeah, that, that type of argumentative woman or that, how do you, because a lot of times people hide their true colors or you don't really realize it because you're in that infatuation stage. Um, a pastor told me about a study that was done and they, they looked at the brains and I can't remember what it's basically was saying, but when you looked at, you know, the scan of the brain of someone in a newly relation in a new relationship, it looks the same on the scan as somebody hooked on crack or someone that's high off cocaine or something. Um, because it gives the same high. And that's the reason why a lot of people are in relationships and they have no idea they're dating the devil himself. He's committed to Jezebel because she's thick. She's committed to Lucifer himself because he's handsome with a beard. We don't even realize it when we're in that infatuation stage. So that's the reason why we have to allow God to guide us and not solely emotions because emotions will lie. But 
if you want to avoid this type of person instead of getting into marriage and then realizing the type of character that they have, you need to pay attention. Number one is a person who's always speaking over you. I remember actually when we started this podcast, people kept saying, oh, Tavares is speaking over Safa. And I was just like, I wish we were on video so you guys could realize Safa just doesn't like talking. <laughs> like she's not one to be vocal on podcasts like that. But when it comes to someone who's constantly speaking over you, I don't mean as though one partner is more vocal than the next because a lot of dynamics that can be how it is. What I'm saying is this person is controlling the relationship, meaning your opinion doesn't matter, you know, and bear in mind, especially for the ladies, it's perfectly fine with you voicing your opinion. No such thing as because we expect, um, biblically speaking, a, a godly woman to be submissive mean that God expects her to be a doormat. That's not how God intended it, you know, but it's a problem when only their opinion matters, only their perspective matters. That's when you know you're with someone who is toxic and that's a person that you should not be marrying, you know, because a godly woman, in my opinion, you're allowed to be vocal. My wife has just the amount of say so as I do, um, but it's a huge difference between someone voicing their opinion and someone trying to dominate or someone trying to control the spouse because I don't control her. She doesn't control me. I don't believe that healthy relationships should do that. We both should submit to one another. Um, but when it comes to someone always speaking over you, are you pay attention to the way they're, are they raising their, yeah, especially raising their voice, you know, talking to you like a child, are they speaking to you in a condescending manner? Because if they're doing that while you're dating, they're going to do that when you're married. If they're doing that in private. Eventually they'll do that in public. You know, so you have to pay attention to those little signs. Um, a second thing is they're always putting you down. And that kind of leads into the condescending. Um, because 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us that love is patient. Love is kind. It says that love isn't rude. None of those things align with someone who's constantly putting you down. They should be uplifting you. Listen, I am past the point in my life where I just need to be with some. And I get that I'm married, but you have to be past that point in your life to be with someone just because they look good. If that person is not helping you elevate to become who God has called you to be, they're wasting time and space in your life. If that person is not helping you see who your true potential is and strive for that, they are a distraction and you need to get rid of it. They could be a fine distraction, a cute distraction, a thick distraction. Get it out of your way if it's not helping you align with what God has called you to do. Because you cannot afford to forfeit your purpose and your destiny just because they look good that's good. Somebody should put that on a t-shirt. Hey, J Monty t-shirt, testify forever, support my boy. But I'm gonna need somebody to put my quote on a t-shirt too. <laughs> but I need us to understand that God does not want you in a relationship where you have to be belittled or you have to be disrespected in order to, to, to make them happy. That's not the sign of a healthy relationship. The third thing I want you to see is someone who holds a grudge. That's the type of person you just cannot marry. The Bible makes it clear that if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. And a lot of people, I feel like people don't read the Bible. That's part of our problem. People don't read the Bible, you know, so we twist scriptures based off what we heard from pastors on YouTube um, and social media influencers. But you guys know how I am. I'm going to give you the scripture. If you if you disagree, that's fine. But you're going to have to disagree with the scripture and let Tavares just, you know, because I don't want my value to hold more weight than the word of God. I don't want my following to hold more weight than the word of God. So we have to understand the Bible makes it clear that 
we have to be willing to extend grace. We have to be willing to um, give allowance for one another's faults. I believe it's in Colossians. You have to be willing to extend that grace because you cannot have a relationship with somebody that's perfect. It's impossible. None of you are perfect. No one listening to this podcast or no one speaking, myself or any guest that I bring on, is going to be perfect. Your pastor isn't going to be perfect. Only Jesus Christ was perfect. The disciples weren't even perfect. So I need you to understand that if this person is willing to hold a grudge, and that's a person that you're going to be married, and one day you're going to do something that this person does not like, and they are going to hold it over your head. And you will hear about it for weeks, months, <laughs> but that's not something that you know you want to deal with. And the last thing I'll say is somebody with a critical spirit, because I wanted to bring up uh, Macau, because that person with a critical spirit, that you cannot marry that type of woman, especially that, that man as well. But you guys get my point. You cannot marry that woman, the person who has a problem for every solution, the person who has something negative to say every time something's good. Well, I just had to check one of my friends recently. And if he listens to this, he's not going to be offended because he'll check me whenever I say something crazy. But he said something negative about a church. And I was just like, um, you sure you're just not reading into it? And he was just like, nah, I know about that church. Like, nah, I'm sure they were wrong in, in X, Y, Z. And I was just like, well, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And hopefully they're not the same church you're used to. And hopefully they've grown from that point. You know, so I want us to understand that whenever we become those critical people, I, I had to tell someone else recently, I, like, I, I'm not one to, you know, be like, God told me. So if I tell you, I feel like God told me to tell you something, I genuinely felt like that, like from prayer. And I had to tell one of my friends, hey, God laid this on my heart for you. Until you address this critical spirit, there's something you're praying for that God is not going to do. That's not me doing some hocus pocus witchcraft. Any God can, the Bible says the, the, he reigns on the just and the unjust. So you can live a wicked life and God can still bless you. But there are times when God wants to get your attention that God will wait on you to get your act right. Get yourself together. I cannot bless mess. God does not entertain mess. And unfortunately, in the church, we've allowed ourselves to think, well, I'm not fornicating, so I'm fine. Yes, but you're bitter. Yeah, I'm not gambling, but yeah, but you're so judgmental. Well, well, I'm not, I'm not in homosexuality. Yeah, but your heart is just, you have to clean that up. You, you're worried about all these other things, but what about the pride in your life? What about the, the judgment and the you're holier than that? What about all of those things? God wants to address those things. And and it's super important because if God is gonna bless you. Eventually, you're going to start trying to take God's glory because you feel as though God owes you something, you know. But when it came to Macau, I say that you can't marry this person who's critical and argumentative and, you know, not helping your walk with God. Because, you know, I, if you guys have been on a podcast for a while, you know, I've mentioned it. But when it came to Macau, she sees David rejoicing because the ark of God is finally here. After they witnessed, they were terrified. And that's the only reason why they left the ark and allowed the house of um, Obed-Edom to be blessed because they didn't want to touch the ark. And then, you know, because God scared them after he struck the guy who mishandled the ark. This, listen, Bible, the Bible is a lot. And my brain goes 100 miles an hour. So I'm sorry if it's not making any sense. But when David saw God kill a man for mishandling the ark, God, David said, I'm good. I don't want it. So he left it, and the guy who had it in his backyard started getting blessed. And they're looking like, we got to bring this home. 
Eventually, David gets the ark and he's bringing it properly back to the children of Israel the way that God decided, the way God intended. David is rejoicing, praising God, dancing till his clothes is falling off. The guy looks like a madman. And in the middle of all of his dancing, we see that his wife is probably looking from a, a rooftop or something mad. He comes home and she's like, why are you looking like such a, a clown out there? Like, why are you dancing trying to impress these people? Like, do you realize how foolish you look? Are you exposing yourself to all these people? And David is like, listen, God chose me. I ain't worried about you or your daddy. Like, God had a plan for me. <laughs> like, David puts her in her place and he lets her know, like, I'm not doing this for anybody's show, but I'm doing this for, uh, you know, to give God glory. And he says, I'll become even more vile, meaning I'll do even more than this. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think I was praising crazy before? Trust me, I'm about to do a little bit more. But we see that because she didn't join in with praising him, she didn't encourage him to praise. All she did was get critical and God decided, I'm going to make this woman barren. So a lot of us, we could be in barren situations. And not, and this is not to talk about like things serious like, you know, women struggling to conceive. I know a lot of wives out there that are trying. You know, that's, that's a very difficult process. But a lot of us, we're in barren situations, barren spiritually. Your spiritual life isn't moving. Barren financially, you can't seem to get a job, to get an upgrade. Barren mentally, barren in so many aspects of our life. Maybe we can do a self inventory and ask God, God, I've been hating. Is there somewhere in my life that I've been critical of what you're doing in someone else's life? Rather than praising and rejoicing with those who rejoice, I've been judging those because it's not me, or I've been judging those because it's not what I would do. Maybe it's time for us to have that. But what do you guys think? You know, I mentioned a lot, but I honestly believe that if you're one of those people and you're dating this type of person, you better be careful. Because if you marry them, you will be miserable. If you date them, you will be miserable. So I just want you guys to date and marry who God has for you. Again, gollydating101book.com, Amazon, wherever books are sold. I love you guys. We'll be seeing you next week. Peace.